Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, the word is out. They're going to talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know. From masterpieces to deep fried tacos. Broadcasting from the Lush But Not Lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 624, Promising Young Woman. I, I, I always have to stop at the title of this because of that Pieces of a Woman movie now. And like, oh. I'm always like, oh. Pieces of a Perfect Promising... What? Son of a bitch. I can't get it right. I always... It's like it's like when Fast and Furious started like randomly adding and removing thes. <laughs> oh, that was so ridiculous! <laughs> like, what do I do now? I don't know. And to be so, clear, uh, that was way more ridiculous than two separate movies having woman. That in is the true. Title. Yes, <laughs> like the Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, The Fast and the Furious, Fast and Promising <laughs> Young Fast and Furious, it Promising was, Young Fast and Furious. It was that a was lot like, to take. It was the prequel. The yeah. prequel was they were just promising young street racers, right? Yeah, they're making so many movies. God, that franchise is what twenty two years old. Uh, Nineteen ninety nine, I think, is when the first one came out. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy of all the movies that 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 pos is still it, like it's gonna. It's, it's been gonna, around so long, and the next and the next one, their blinkers are gonna be on. The whole time. <laughs> like that's how old that franchise. It's gonna is. surpass uh, Friday the Thirteenth. With like That's, most entries into a franchise, well, yeah, they never Friday the Thirteenth never made a billion dollars. Nope, per sure movie. didn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just weird that we're like, I'm going to be telling my grandkids someday that I was at Fast and the Furious. The I would, Fast I and the Furious. Remember when that the, first one came out, <laughs> and they had neon on the bottom of the car. I don't know that you should admit that to your grandchildren, but <laughs> I'll be I'll be like the Steve Buscemi in that meme the the kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which hey, young like, people. hello fellow young yeah I'll be like, I'll have my hat I'll have like my racing gloves on and I'll be like kids I was at the fast and the furious. in my day we had a switch for nitrous. 
Oh, goodness. Well, we should probably go around the tables and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. And we are joined this week uh, once again by Nicole Ackman from the Next Best Picture podcast. And uh, hi, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. And uh, thank you for uh, being here so it's not just a podcast of three dudes sitting around discussing (laughs) rape culture. That's yep. That, yeah, that was going to be super awkward. That's helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, before we uh, dig into the movie proper, uh, shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us. And while you're there, be sure and uh, rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can also check us out on the Facebook uh, on facebook.com slash real spoilers while you're there like the page join the group and uh, the group is called the league of show shares because we're hoping uh, that maybe you'll share an episode with your social media feed so like-minded people discover us people who were kind enough to share the show this week uh, michael tonkovic librarian cynthia chris falls travis tewitt gabriel lugo pat andy tammy sherman powers lane levanway chris williams ralph tribble julianne jordan chris magic man heather Sachs. Chris Sanders, Ron Johnson, and then moving over to Twitter, a.k.a. Jeanette, the Minority Report podcast, Mike, Mike, and Oscar, Ryan L. Terry from the Forza Crowd podcast, geek to me Radio, Colby Mack, Ronnie Castle, Feelin' Film podcast, Rosa from Latinx Lens, Invasion of the Remake, Matt Naglia, Nerd Adonis, and the Binge Movies podcast. So thank you very much, guys, for sharing an episode. We greatly appreciate it. And, of course, don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com slash realspoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out. And uh, we secretly like you extra, just not secretly. So <laughs> Yeah, it's not. I was going to say, <laughs> no, it's, it's not a secret. secret. Right. Yeah. I just, uh, you know. Put that out there. Yeah. So, anyway, there's all that. Let's, uh, let's dig in, shall we? You know, when I saw this trailer, what seems like ten years ago at this point, yeah, with like COVID and everything. Yep. I, I was, this was the one movie of 20, what was, what year are we in? 2020, 2020 was that last year. Was yeah. Supposed to come out. That, like, <laughs> yeah. I could not wait to see. Like just from the trailer, from everything, from everything about that trailer, I was in. Uh, it was, the trailer made it look like something and it's definitely something else. And that's not a bad thing. Like I'm, let's, let's get that out front. This was an incredible movie. Uh, if I, I, I feel like we should kind of lead with this. Like if you have, if you are a survivor, uh, of any sort of, uh, sexual assault or anything of that nature, this movie can be very triggering. Uh, I think there's a lot of triggering material. I've talked to a couple people who were immediately turned off as soon as the thing happens at the end, uh, that we'll get to. And took them out of the movie completely. I'm very I, interested to talk about the ending because, like there was all after I saw the film and other people started seeing it, I heard all this like, oh, the ending. Like I love the movie, but the ending or the ending's really controversial. And in my mind, that I, that never even crossed my mind for a second that it would be a bad ending or or it would be controversial. So I'm really curious to hear what everyone's thoughts are and dig into that a little bit deeper. Yeah, uh, and I, I think the Carrie Mulligan is this is the next level performance from her like it is astounding that this is the same woman from drive where it's a completely you know what i mean like this is a completely different character um not saying that you know 
that she hasn't done outstanding work, but I feel like Oscar nominated the, yeah. actress. She's so good. She's always so good. I'm, and I'm, she I, destroys in this. Yeah. Like, she is insanely good. People talk um, about that Margot Robbie produced the role and she usually writes roles for herself. And, I can see you know, she casts totally herself in the roles. Being... But I'm so glad it's Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. And I like Margot Robbie a lot, but she, Carrie Mulligan, this is next level, like you said, Joe. And she is so amazing in this movie. I can't imagine it having seen it with anybody else now. True. Yeah. I mean, I could see Margot Robbie in this role given uh, what we saw in what was the ice skating one? Oh, I, Tanya. I, Tanya. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Given that role, I could see that. But I think Carrie Mulligan, this was this was hers and she owned it. I exactly. think it would have been a rough role for Margot Robbie just because I, I, I feel like on some levels there's a lot of similarities to Harley Quinn. Like, I think, yep. mm-hmm. you know, she's kind of this, uh, you know, anti-hero avenging angel type. And that if it, it just would have been more like, now let's do Harley Quinn. But it's... It's serious. I mean, I know this movie has comedic elements at times, but overall, it's a serious movie. And I, or you know, our grounded version of Harley Quinn. So, like, I, I think she was smart to pass on it and and let someone else take a bite of that apple. Personally, yeah. As a woman, Nicole, what are some of your overall thoughts and your anticipation for before the film came out, seeing the trailer and having, and then watching it eventually? It's funny because, um, as you mentioned, I'm a part of the Next Best Picture podcast, and Matt Naglia saw this film a year ago now at God Sundance. Lord. It's almost like he's one of the biggest fans of this. Oh my God. He has literally <laughs> talked about it every week for a year. Like, I'm, And that's not an exaggeration. And I'm a huge Carrie Mulligan fan. Like, I've been a fan of her since I saw her literally in like the 2005 Pride and Prejudice movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we, we don't need to talk about how into The Great Gatsby I was whenever it came out. Yeah. But <laughs> I love her so much. So I was so excited to see it. And I think you're right. Like, the movie that we got is very different than I feel like in many ways the movie that was advertised. And I think that's for the best. Mm-hmm. I like the movie more than what I thought it was going to be even. But I've watched it three times now. I actually watched it again last night. And last night I watched it over Skype with a couple of my best friends. And I have to say, it's really different. And I think it's such a brilliant movie. It blows my mind every time I think about the fact that it's Emerald Fennell's like, directorial narrative debut. Because it's so well crafted. And it's mm-hmm. funny. I think it's one of those films that like, the more you watch it, the more you're like, oh, yeah, I missed all the signs. They're all there. Like, I think, and we can get into this more later, but like, I think the ending is like the only way that the film could have ended. There's so many clues throughout it to what is happening that like, almost on subsequent watches, I've been like, I'm so dumb that I didn't see that. (laughs) Those are the best. I I think those are some of the best cinematic experiences. So when you watch a movie like The Prestige, that Mm -hmm. is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Absolutely love The Prestige. I think that's brilliant. And it's all there. Yep. But, you know, it's it's hiding right there in front of you. I love that. When you go back and watch a movie, those are the movies I want to watch multiple times, not just some random movie. I mean, not that I don't have those, like we call them deep fried taco movies that are just like silly, but we love them and love to watch them. But when you can study a film or just take it in and know what's going to happen and then pick up on all those little things, that's a really cool thing. And, and I agree. I watched it again yesterday and started picking up on other little things, other little like throwaway dialogue, little lines that... You didn't really think about the first time, but then 
resonated more on mm-hmm. multiple. It was funny. There were a couple of times where like Bo Burnham's character Ryan said something that I like went to gasp, and then I was like, "No, that'll give it away to the person <laughs> I'm watching it with." <laughs> like I can't like I can't ruin it for her. He's <laughs> like he's really really funny. He's real good. He's so good. He and I like Bo Burnham a lot. I like his comedy. I've, I've liked him for a mm-hmm. while now, but on multiple viewings i even picked up on those little jokes like those throwaway line jokes that he has and i wonder how much i don't know if any of you have heard in interviews or whatnot but i wonder how much of that is improvised or how much he punched up those jokes because he's so funny and all those little humor bits seem like bo burnham jokes like they're just so natural to him i wonder yeah yeah it's i think i actually just listened to a different podcast and they were talking about people don't really hire comedians to do comedies anymore <laughs> right like there you know like there was a whole run where it was stand-up comedians were writing and starring in these movies and they just like and that's not to say that like seth rogan or uh you know those guys aren't comedians but they're not stand-up comedians so when you add bo burnham and he can you know or or um uh bill burr is another one right like bill burr yeah. in uh staten island what was that? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, the King, King of Staten, Staten Island. King of Staten Island. He's so like, good in that. He, he's like best supporting to, actor material. Yeah. Like he is amazing in that movie. But he can he can switch something on the fly and make it work because that's what stand up comedy is, right? You're just constantly trying to change things. Well, so there I was think, a period like in the in the eighties and even in the in the nineties, and Robin Williams fell into this trap for a long time, which is why yeah. Robin Williams put out so many crappy movies. Is that you know they would hire him and convince convince him that like we know the script isn't great but you're robin williams and you'll fix it when you get there and then it's like you know and and here's a pound of coke to make sure you're extra funny and and like and you can really tell it in some of those early robin williams movie like basically any comedy he made prior to good morning vietnam which i know isn't technically a comedy but there's a lot of comedic moments in it mm-hmm. that it's like you go watch him. He made a movie called like Club Med. And it's like if you watch it, you can tell that like <laughs> they did not have a script and they're just like, go make this funny. And and he's not. He's consistently yeah. not making it funny. And yeah. and it was Levinson who kind of figured out how to insert his comedy into a movie without having it just pull you out of the moment but i'd say rein him in but you can't really rein him in but like, you can edit around him. yeah can, right, right you know right, and exactly. that's what he did exactly. is he let him go crazy and then he was like okay now tighten that up so it's not it doesn't take eight minutes to hear three minutes of funny <laughs> stuff and then we'll edit around it so now it's 90 seconds of funny stuff and you look like a genius go look at that elmo the elmo outtakes yeah with him and <laughs> but, elmo like it's whoa yeah but uh <laughs> but back to bo burnham i th- like i think his casting was a brilliant and it's it's such uh it's it's so great the way the movie pulls the rug out from under you because like Bo Burnham is insanely likable and and it's like it's it's a it's a lesson a lot of people really need to be punched in the face with that somebody can be can be likable but can also do something really ugly (laughs) or play a part in something really ugly and and you know a lot of times they get a pass because they're likable Right. I think I felt the same way in the opening scene of this movie with Adam Brody. I think Adam Brody is sure. one of the most uh, underrated, likable. I, I, I feel like that. I don't know why. I don't know where that dude decided to not be a superstar. But that guy, that kid, that dude's. I say that kid. I think he's our age. 
Well, yeah, he's and well, he's a grown. There man isn't now. an R age. <laughs> oh yeah, right, right. Well, maybe like one, two, three. Okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, but like he's got that. Uh, we talked about it with um, the kid from last week. Uh, yeah, Dylan O'Brien. Dylan yeah, they O'Brien. Have that he's movie got the star. same thing. Yeah. Like when you, I watched a flick with him called The Kid Detective. Uh, I want to watch that. Is that good? Yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. Okay, it's definitely a darker comedy. Uh, it's it should be available on most streaming services at this point. Um, but that was one that good. like I saw that was supposed to come out last year and got delayed, and I didn't yeah. know when it was actually coming out. Yeah, it, but and when you see that, you're like, because he was supposed to be Barry Allen, mm-hmm. like in that George, George Miller, George yeah. Miller Justice League movie, he was Barry Allen. You're like, that's oh, oh. that still works. That, like if you see him yeah. now, it's like he could totally pull off that the fast talking Barry just, Allen. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's we got, got him in Shazam, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> when you see him in the opening of this movie. And he's doing the nice guy shtick. It's You're perfect. Kind of like, yeah. Oh, all right. See, like, but I, that's oh. what. Let's get in, so. Let's get into this movie and with this first scene, and it is perfect casting because that's what this movie's trying to tell you. And goes right. back to the whole Bo Burnham thing, which is you know a spoiler that there will eventually get to, but that's what we do. Uh, I mean, he is supposed to be out of this group of guys. They're all talking and and they're doing their locker room talk, bags. and yeah, they're being total jerks at this club. And then he's the nice guy. They paint him as the one that's not really getting into it, not really making the comments. He's kind of like, come on, you know, and he's the nice guy, quote unquote. But then what does the nice guy, the self-proclaimed nice guy do? He does. He falls into the same trappings of all the D-bags that you'd expect. And so I think that's perfect the way that she sets up that as foreshadowing to the Bo Burnham character mm-hmm. and, and just o- the overall statement on nice guys. Carrie Mulligan, she mentions it. It might have been with the McLovin character or something, but you know, when she goes into, you know, oh, well, I've met a lot of nice guys that yes, do this or that. I think that is with McLovin. Yeah, and so I, you know, it's really an interesting commentary because you, you know, these guys will try to say you hear it from women all the time like and i'm sure nicole obviously you can just make a you know better statement than i can <laughs> on this but women you know women will say like oh the guys will say just try i'm a nice guy give me a chance i'm a nice guy and then a lot of times it ends up that they're not so nice after all well there, yeah, i think a, sorry go ahead yeah i think one of the things that's so interesting about the movie is that i think that in culture today like there's this understanding that obviously guys like this character of al monroe are bad like that's not really that hard to understand but it's all the other guys like the bo burnham character like these nice guys who i think there is not as much awareness of the fact that like no what they're doing is also very bad um and i think that one of the best things about the film is that it kind of doesn't let anyone get off scot-free like it mm-hmm. it addresses the ways that you know women play a role in yeah. uh the sort of rape culture that we have and i think that you know going after those nice guys and like oh god that second guy the um mclovin yeah the mclovin <laughs> guy i knew so many guys like that in college yeah. like who just wanted to tell you about their novel and like thought because <laughs> of that they like you owed them something like it's so real um that it almost feels weird to like watch it on a screen i'm like oh emerald okay we have some shared experiences i (laughs) I was gonna say i'm guessing that being in the hollywood scene like emerald has some stories where she's talked to some guy i mean that clearly is written from personal experience of guy let me tell you about my novel what oh i don't want to jinx it gosh it's so good when she's like and she's you know she 
that whole scene is where she snaps too, and she, you know, he freaks out, and he's he starts getting on her case about it. But then as she's leaving, she's like, "Yeah, your idea sucks, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, you are the worst. That was <laughs> terrible idea." And he's just like, Ooh. "Well, let's talk but about yeah. what she's doing." So in the trailer, and I didn't even watch the trailer, but I talked to some people after I had watched the film, and they were asking me questions, and I'm like, "You'll just have to watch and find out." I didn't want to give yeah. away anything because I could see how the trailer set it up, and you didn't know if she was killing these guys. They set it up almost like a get out where mm-hmm. you you think it's going to be this uh crazy i want I'm, I'm hesitant to even call it gore filled but like just this scare slasher revenge flick and they don't do that like, it is kind of like get out because she goes to the drunken place she does go <laughs> to the drunken place and snaps right out of it <laughs> But uh, that's the thing. So they set it up and you don't know what to expect. But I really like, like, I think you mentioned earlier, Joe, that they went a different direction. It's not a bad thing. No. I like that because you expected that it was, I mean, it could have been really kick-ass either way, but you expected like, oh, she's going to trick these guys and they're terrible people and she's going to get revenge and we're going to find out why she's doing it, but she's killing these all these guys. And then when you get to it, she's basically scaring them straight. She's She's trying to teach them a lesson. She's being very much nicer about it than she even needs to be. So what was the color coding? What's that? So it was I want red to know black, so badly. But I, I don't know what the oh, I took it as the I took the color coding as she maybe she was killing them and that there were that there was that the, the in her mind there was a a gradient and it was like, you know, depending on how how far they took try to take things is whether or not she let them walk away ah. well she tells christopher mince plash she's like well i mean you know and and very bluntly she's like well and at least you woke me up before you tried to put your yeah. fingers inside of me like yeah. right, right like right. you know she's so she's obviously had some very terrible like it's gone way worse than what we've seen we've seen some of the more tame examples of still terrible behavior and i wonder and i also wondered if she was doing see i don't think by with the time we get to the end that she was doing anything as severe as she was getting ready to do to Al Monroe, because I feel like he was the—I don't want to say the trophy—but he was the 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 boss, the villain. He you was know? the last the great white whale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> right, I can't right, imagine right. Yeah. like, oh well, you know, McLovin was getting pretty frisky and doing terrible things. I'm gonna carve things into him, and this guy, I'm just gonna scare. Like, I think Al Monroe is the only one that she was going to take to no violence. she was gonna she was gonna she was gonna kill alfred molina well that's true i think no i don't well, I, I don't think so at all she never did anything illegal and that's what i want to get into too is that what i loved about this movie was i was gonna say how are we gonna be sympathetic to this character and i don't mean at all obviously these guys are jerks and she's better than them but if she stoops to their level if she's killing people if she's ruining their well, lives hang if she's, on hold on hold on we're sympathetic to characters like that all the time there's 55 death wish movies i mean we're we're sympathetic to uh, no but but you know okay not sympathetic what i mean is if she's doing illegal activities and we want to see these guys pay it's not going to make as good of a statement if she is doing illegal things to take care of them and so i like that she scares them and uh ruins their lives and whatever varying levels we see without actually doing illegal things i think that's the brilliance of the film is that we are able to you know she is she's able to exact her revenge by 
doing it very smartly and not getting in trouble for it because I'm like, if she's murdering, kidnapping, do, you know, all this stuff, I started to worry like, oh, we're going to start to, be, it's going to get more like of a gray area. But she always then came around and it was like, oh, I didn't actually do anything illegal. I just really scared you. And I don't know, to me, that was the better move where it could have been a kick-ass Death Wish movie, like I was saying earlier. Like, her killing these guys to get revenge? Yeah, they're all terrible people. Could have been cool. But this, I think, is the better version. I also think it's interesting if you compare it to something like Gone Girl, um, where you do have a character with sort of more dubious morality. Um, even though, like, obviously, I, I don't think that Amy Dunn isn't sympathetic in some ways. Um but then you take a character like uh, Cassie, and I do think that like part of what makes her such an interesting character is that she is in many ways like still so good-hearted. She mm-hmm. isn't doing this to harm people. She's doing it to try to protect people, I think, yeah. because she doesn't want other women to go through what her best friend went through. And we- I think that it's just so interesting because and there were moments like i'm not gonna lie where i was like oh can we just like maybe kill this one like (laughs) like can we make an exception um but at the same time i think it's so important that that's not what she's doing that it is more genuine and pure than that and i also think like obviously like you said we can we can be sympathetic to the characters who do this sort of you know if it was that sort of slasher revenge movie but I think with the fact that she's not doing that, it makes her not just sympathetic, but in some ways relatable. Um, sure. Like, yep. one thing that I think really struck me watching it last night with my best friend was I was like, yeah, no, I could see myself becoming that person. Um, and I think that there's probably a lot of, of women who would be like, yeah, no, I kind of get that. Like, I could see where you could go from this really smart med student who's very devoted to a friend and this tragic thing occurs and she kind of falls into this, especially I think as there's a very interesting conversation to be had around uh, Carrie Mulligan's character's mental health Mm -hmm. um, and the ways in which she, I think, is perfectly willing to die throughout the whole film, um, which I think also is part of... Do you think she's perfectly willing to die? Yes. Until she has that... Until not... I'm not saying, obviously, it's a dumb thing to say that, that her mindset changes when she meets Bo Burnham, but there is definitely a personality, or not even personality, but her personality does change uh, after she gets caught. I think that there is definitely, like, I mean, obviously, a woman's not doing what she's doing without the idea that harm could come to her. Sure. Um. So I think that she's kind of willing to in the beginning, and then it's not, It's you know, it sounds funny to be like, oh, and then she meets Bo Burnham, and she's like, right, hey, right. Like, that's good. not what I'm, that's not but what I, I mean. But I do think... It is this thing of, like, then she meets Bo Burnham and she gets this glimpse at, like, what life could be. You know, like, he, he comes and he charms her parents and things are going better with her parents. and uh, But it's when but it's when she meets with the mom again after not seeing her for a long time. Yep. That, because she says, what do you, like, you need to stop this. You know, you need to, yeah. you know, live your own life and nobody wants this. It, it You know, she has that. That's really when it changes. Yep. I mean, yes, she gets the relationship glimpse and guys can be nice, but then the rug gets pulled out, you know, just, just when she lets her guard down. There is that time where it seems like, oh, maybe she's, you know, and her dad even makes a comment about, like, it's good to have you back. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's kind of become more of this person that she was before. And then sort of everything falls apart again whenever she sees that video. And it's kind of like, oh, no, actually, that's not a life that I can have. 
And it's so heartbreaking because this character's been through so much and has and has done all this. You can tell the pain she's dealing with. She talks about that, uh, you know, that her friend she grew up with as a child. Like she says something like, you know, when she from the she was fully formed at the the time she was four years old. Yeah. So clearly, this relationship is so important—a childhood friendship and her very best friend. She was that close with, and seeing her go through that, she completely upended her life. You know, dropped out of medical school and is now doing this vigilante type thing by night where she's dedicated her life to protecting other women like Nicole said that you know did she say how often she was going out did she say once a month or is it like every night says I took it as kind of like every night I think her mom makes a comment about like you go out every night and we don't know where you are okay you're right you're right well, and she, yeah, she says, she says, I was out last night doing inventory, you know, and she's like, your yeah. work does a lot of inventory. So <laughs> I kind of had the feeling it was quite frequent. Um, you know, I maybe not every night, but a couple times a week, a few times a mm-hmm. week. It's hard to say, but those were a lot of there's a uh, lot of hash marks in that te- book. Ha- yeah, those, yeah. 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 And if she's only 30, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have so. to be a certain age in medical school. It can't be that long that she's been at this. That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. So, yeah. So the, we, we get the whole idea of what her what she's doing. Um, and then we're introduced to her boss and she works at this coffee shop. Uh, and this is where we meet Bo Burnham, who turns out that he was in med school with uh, Cassandra, who is um, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, and, and Laverne Cox is her boss, right? Yes, the yes. coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, and they have a. It, it's a very. I liked it a lot. Like they, they have very good chemistry, and it worked on screen. Um, you know, he kind of makes a joke about her spitting his coffee because he makes an asinine comment, and of course she does it, and then he drinks it, and it's just, <laughs> just and, she, and she's and she's just like, all right, that's one of the most terrific <laughs> moments in I, the movie, especially I, I, nowadays, I what you're doing. right? Like, yeah, ooh. right, right. I think often about how that must have played like at Sundance last January <laughs> right. versus how it plays now. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're willing to kiss her, I guess it's not radically yeah. different. But, yeah, but yeah, that's the, yeah, but yeah. that's the thing, though. Isn't that weird? Like I was thinking about that the other day, where it's like you don't. Sharing a toothbrush with your significant yeah, other I that. I, is... I will kiss my wife, but I will not use, share a toothbrush with her. See? So yeah. that's no, what I'm saying. That's absolutely there, there is something mentally where you just get in this mindset where it is gross to do this but not this, even if you share the same... There's shared elements. So it's, right. it's funny how that works We have out. children together, and I'm right. still not taking her toothbrush. No, yes. thank you. But the spin the coffee <laughs> thing, and of course it was before they were going out and all that. But yeah, like that moment was so gross, and especially in the pandemic world that we live in of someone that you, you don't live with or whatnot. It's, <laughs> it's just weird how our minds, after being stuck in this for a year, you watch things in a movie, and you're like, oh, they're that close to one another? Or they're yeah. you know, get back up. Like what? the club feet. scenes. I'm like, oh, oh my God, there's, so, there's too many people. <laughs> <laughs> Can we? I, I also in a different movie. I, just, I watching First Cow and watching how they eat in First Cow. I was just like, "Oh my god, this is so gross!" Like they, there's no effort to even wash hands because I don't think anybody's aware of germs yet. Like literally, and, right. and it was just and their hands are just cake black from oh. grossness. I'm just. Ugh. That's so gross. What, we we brushed over it because we didn't really talk about the very, very first scene. But I like with how the film opens with the guys dancing at the club because so many club scenes are shot through the male gaze and of women dancing. And I just... It, it's so well, interesting. Like doofuses. They, they look terrible. There's nothing attractive <laughs> about that. But they she shot the scene through the male gaze of women dancing at a club. 
And even during the part where it's like romantic and slowed down and all that, like that would be like the sexy club scene. I'm like, there's nothing attractive about this. And and (laughs) so it's interesting how when you apply like, oh, yeah, but that's how women are shot in so many of these movies. And then you do it to men and you're just like, oh, that's gross and and not attractive. It's so weird. (laughs) It like sets up so well this idea of the film that like, men are not as good as they think they are. Right. That, like, the first thing that we see is these men who are dancing, and, like, they obviously think that they're hot. Um, <laughs> and they hilarious. just look so unappealing. They're so, un- they're so awkward and stupid looking, and, I mean, not unlike men oftentimes, but especially the way that this is filmed. Um, I just thought that was great, the way that it, that's the very first thing that you see in the movie, and uh, it just makes the men look ridiculous as they are, and then they're all talking at the club to Adam Brody and friends about, you know, all the different women that they're pointing out and they think they're awesome. And yeah. I love that that character comes, but not the Adam Brody character, yeah. but the, the friend yeah. that's standing there comes back later. Oh, you're that, just, you're that one that Jerry took home. You're that crazy. Just one. gets dis, I was, I would say disemboweled, but that doesn't work for this movie, but yeah. like she <laughs> yeah. just lights him up. Yeah. Like in the middle of the street. That last thing. Yeah, yeah. Whenever whenever he's kicking a can when he's walking away. You're not doing too well yourself in broad daylight, (laughs) are you? (laughs) There are some great lines. This movie is so well written by Emerald Battle. Yeah, it really is. And she, like, uh, the way that Carrie Mulligan is delivering these, like, she's snappy. Like, Mm -hmm. she is quick as, like, the the dialogue is snappy and she's quick with it. Uh, And, but, but the other thing is, I know I've talked about it in wrestling. Here you go. You need to use your facial expressions. And the way Carrie Mulligan uses her facial expressions when dealing with these men mm-hmm. um, is incredible. Her disappointed look and, and oh god, and it's it's a soul, pu- it's a gut punch. It is, and it's not even just with the men. With that Dean, mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah. look yeah. she gives when she is getting these answers from this woman who you would think was supposed to be on her team protecting other women. And we find out that, like Nicole said, you see the part that other women play too. Uh, You know, not just with the friend from school, but with this Dean. Yeah, it's Connie Britton and Alison Brie, I think, of the two. Like, you know, but this look on her face of, I mean, that is why she brings us to the next level. It's not just her performances to her words, but like Joe said, her facial expressions of Mm -hmm. disgust and disappointment, her the character holding back everything that you know she's thinking and wants to say and wants to do and the the power that it takes to to hold back in those situations it's masterful it, I, this almost has like a kill bill element uh where if you obviously everybody should have seen kill bill if you haven't go do yeah. that <laughs> uh when when the bride is crossing off names and we and we get like the little uh like character name with with a number over it we yeah. get that similarly here um so we go to the first person and it's uh carrie mulligan changes her entire appearance changes like the entire time she's kind of got like this cool um modern chick like jeans and t-shirts and like she's got like you know her hair pulled back well when she meets allison brie who was a friend of hers from college like she changed she's wearing like a, a a pantsuit and like her hair is done differently and she changes her the the tone of her voice to sound more i don't know uh i don't want to say grown up but like more of allison Bree's world yeah she's, she's kind, kind of a chameleon like, yeah. where she's yeah. shifting to try to fit in I, you know what's interesting is in this movie and with all those tick marks that she has in her journal um she's never i believe we call them these marks <laughs> oh, is that now yeah, what? Perfect. What okay. Them, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark real spoilers. Yeah. That's what that, no, do that. <laughs> so they've, she's never gone after the, these actual people that 
caused her to go on this journey. So it's you see the amount of does she, time. Does she start it when Bo Burnham mentions the yes the bachelor party and yeah. then the plans go? Well, into she he mentions her at first. Remember, she's like he's like used to hang out with so and so, and she's like, oh, no, I don't remember. Which clearly she does because the three of them were friends and you see how mm. the Alison Brie character turned on them and did, you know, fit in with the cool crowd or whatever and totally left them out to dry. And so, but she's done all these different things. She has all these different <laughs> marks. And then uh, she, she's never gone after the people that actually caused her to start off on this. And so it's interesting to see how long it took her to build up the, I guess the courage, not that she hasn't been strong, but this is a whole new level to face the people that did this to her friend and to her. And so, you know, he mentions uh, Al Monroe. He mentioned, I just can't remember the Allison Brie character, but he mentioned, he starts Madison. mentioning, Madison, yes, Madison, thank you. yeah, she, which she, sounds like the name that, of this character, yeah, right? Yeah, the name is Madison. Like, yes, that's exactly what it would be. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's also interesting in that um, she does. I noticed this time watching it that in that you know one of those opening scenes with Bo Burnham, um, she, he says something about like, oh, Alan Rose getting married, and she says, I thought he moved to London. And I was so like, oh, mm-hmm. she has, like, she has had an idea of where this guy was. It almost mm-hmm. made me think, like, maybe she actually did go to do this before. And it was like, oh, well, he's moved to London. So, like, that's going to have to wait. And then she finds out he's back in town. And yeah. she's like, perfect. Yeah, she's, um, well, there's like, tabs on everyone. But mm-hmm. I just don't think, I don't know. And, and I don't know if she even knows what her master plan was, like, when she would eventually go. I think it was always part of it. But. I don't know. The timing just seemed to click all of a sudden after she's been doing this for a while, she hears these names and you can see something changes. Like she just, something triggers in her mind. And that's when she sets off on this journey and pretty rapidly from there is, you yeah, know, she moves pretty quick to, to all these. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's 2020 at this point. So like word is going to spread very quickly that yeah. she is out and about. Right. So it like makes if she had that, to do it. She had to do it quickly. So it yeah, almost correct. feels like maybe she was waiting like, to get these other people, she needed to also be able to get Al Monroe. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. Yes, that's... Because otherwise, like, Madison could tell him. That's a great point. That that it had to all... She couldn't start on the journey until he was accessible yep. at the end. of That's... Mm-hmm. I love that. That's perfect. So, yeah. So, they... She has a sit down with Allison Brie and kind of starts it off completely like, oh, it's good to see you, blah, blah, blah. And then, again... I know we're going to talk about it a lot, but she, the ability that Carrie Mulligan has to flip that switch and go from like this bubbly personality to, I'm going to call you out on your bullshit. I was going to say like, it's like a bullshit detector type thing. Yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah. and she's, it's, it's brilliant. Like it is legit brilliant. Um, and Allison Brie goes on the defensive and starts talking about, of course, using the same uh, stupid logic where it's like you were drunk or she was too drunk. And of course things like that are going to happen. Um, and her and revenge, her revenge is so perfectly plotted yeah. to each yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. So she she has her bag of tricks, uh, Cassandra. She has she has. We see the foreshadowings all there, where she's you know she's not really getting drunk and she's not doing drugs. Well, she changes the she changes everything to. Uh, doesn't she get rid of the the champagne in her glass and change it to ginger ale? Yeah, because yep. it looks like. Yeah. champagne yeah like she, when Allison she's Brie like i'll pour it myself hammered. and yeah right. she, mm-hmm. so so she's got all these tricks that we've seen her set up and so but so when she gets to these enemies that are on her list the the 
the final boss battles, if you will. It's like she's got all these different plans. So where Madison, where she stood by and and didn't let this happen because everyone was drunk and, oh, if she wasn't drunk, maybe this wouldn't happen and all that. And then at this meeting, she gets her drunk and what does she do? She sets it up to mm-hmm. make her think. And that's another really important thing is that what I was talking about earlier, how she's not actually doing these illegal things or she's not really physically hurting people. Yeah, Allison Brie poured all those drinks herself. Like, she didn't <laughs> force her to get drunk. But also with the guy that she hires right. to take her back to this hotel room and to wake up next to her after she got super drunk, she wants her to think she's done something and now uh, Madison is married with two kids and she seems to have her life all together. I will say she... for a woman who doesn't trust men, she sure trusted that man to not well yeah <laughs> i'm guess, i mean i'm guessing that somehow it's she like a business transaction knew that guy, you know? i i'm yeah. i'm thinking that she only did it because she knew him better than that i don't know i'm Maybe. just it's a bold move i'm, I'm she, like is he is he gay like so, yeah oh, that, that could be like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good yeah. point that's a very good point. like i yeah. feel like but this character doesn't do anything haphazardly she's sure. planned all this so meticulously that i'm thinking she only would have done it if she knew that madison would have been physically safe uh but mm-hmm. she but mentally i mean me- these mental gymnastics and the trauma she's gone through as we know with mental health uh that can be so much worse even than physical pain a lot of times and so mm-hmm. the stress that she's put her through uh, after uh, you know getting so drunk and thinking she did something with this random guy and all this uh, you know she's calling her she's got all these missed calls and she's not answering her phone which you know that when you're trying to get a hold of someone and they don't answer your call oh, that's the worst that is <laughs> I love that <laughs> shot through the clear table of her phone ringing and then it's like that was a yeah. missed yes call. I totally yeah. agree that's a, a great shot, shot. Yep. That's a very good great shot. storytelling through mm-hmm. just one picture of what is happening and what these characters are going through. Right. So now her and Bo Bur- Cassandra and and Bo Burnham have sort of started to move forward, right? Like there's she's like I need to take it real slow and he of course is like, "Yep, I'm with you. Like I'm into you. Like we'll take as much time as you need." Uh and then she kind of dips on him on a on a date and he shows up at her house and she's there and um they kind of go back and forth and she kind of waves him off. Right. And he just kind of accepts it. He doesn't make a big deal out of it. He just goes about his day. Um, then later that night, she has a plan. She's got, uh, the, the black dude from the, the very beginning of the movie. She's got him, uh, hook, line and sinker. He's taken her home and who walks into the bar, but it's Bo Burnham and sees Cassandra walking out with this guy. And he is heartbroken. And that's uh, such a gut punch, too, because we've come to, I mean, it's its genius what they've done, but they've made us love this Bo Burnham character, right? And so what they the, the roller coaster of emotions that Emerald Fennel puts you through in, in this film, uh, you know, we really care about this character. We like mm-hmm. him, and we're hurt, and we know that she's not really doing anything with these guys, I mean, in the sexual way or cheating on him or however yeah, but, you want to word yeah, well, it. He doesn't know that. We, but he doesn't. And so we feel what he's feeling. And it's a terrible moment at this point. I mean, on a second view, you may not feel so sorry for him. But on the first <laughs> view. <laughs> but I also, it did still make me so sad, like on subsequent viewings, because it also shows that, like, she's trying to have a life in addition to this thing that she's doing now. Sure. And like it's also a gut punch for her and that right, like of course this yeah you know yeah, this absolutely. justice that she's trying to find this this way that she's trying to help people is now getting in the way of like one of the only relationships that she really has like she doesn't 
have any friends other than her boss at the coffee shop, really. Yeah. And it, it is, like, heartbreaking to see her react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because she knows she can't explain to him what's going on. She's right. like very yeah. stuck. I mean, she's, she's kind of like a superhero in a weird mm-hmm. way where she's like, you know, you've got this relationship, but you can't explain why you have to get up at three o'clock in the morning because there's a giant bat signal in the sky. Yep. I was I was you waiting know? for it. I was waiting for the explanation and we never got it. And I'm like, how would you explain this? And she's you just kind like, of get it when she when no, she but lays she's it like, all out I just to can, him. She's just like. I, you know, I can't. No, because he knows. He knows what she's gonna do. Well, he knows where she's going. No, no, no. Before that, when when they do kind of get back together or whatever, and she apologizes, oh, sure, she's sure. like, she's like, I can't explain it, but it's just no, it will never happen again. Like she, you know what I mean? There's no explanation. Like I'm sure. going out at night, and like she can't <laughs> explain this to him. Like there's no <laughs> world where she explains what she's doing. He's like, cool. That's what a neat. What a reasonable person you are! <laughs> what an like, interesting, what an interesting just, life you lead, <laughs> right? So, but but she's also putting this. She's going to put this behind her once she comes to that realization and uh, talks well, to yeah, Nina's like, mom, she, she, and, and she deletes not Facebook, like yeah. gets rid of that, and then friender, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, friender. Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah, right. I think so. <laughs> but then she goes back and sees Bo Burnham at the hospital and they have another really touching moment where she's like, I'm with you. I'm sorry. Like, can we try this again? And he's in, like he's into this, he's into Cassandra. So he's in to restarting again. Um, And things are really good. I think that the scene that has been getting a lot of praise is the Paris Hilton uh, pharmacy scene. And it's a fantastic scene. I never thought I would have that song in my head. That song sucks. Since it was released. That song is awful. But it it, it, it works in this scene. It's just so, it was so bad when it came out. That song was (laughs) such a joke when it came out. And again, I had completely forgotten about it. We're going to get a movie in like 10 years where where that stupid Friday song is going to be playing. Oh, God, don't. Right? It's... But it's like that level. It really is almost that level of music. But it is a weird thing of like, yeah, if a guy knew all the words to that song, I probably would just like think maybe he was more trustworthy. <laughs> right. That's fair. Yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, that song, after I watched the movie, was stuck in my head every single day. I could not get it out of my head. I tweeted about it. I'm like, I never thought the stars are blind would be stuck in my head. But here we are. 2020. Now Paris Hilton has a number one song on Billboard. For yeah, no it's, apparent reason. Oh, it's so yeah. bizarre. But, the whole, but no. The whole soundtrack is great, though. Like every song that's used in it is used it's so really effectively. Good. Yeah, it's really, really like, good. Like just the the boys by Charlie um, yes. XCX in the beginning. Like that's the one that I just have stuck in my head at all times now, and I'm like, great. It's, no, and <laughs> I think I think they used I think they used that toxic cover oh. in the trailer. Yeah. Yes. That was a mistake. They should not have. They should have that saved away. that. They should that, not have done that in the trailer. I that's, agree. That's why I don't watch trailers. And the only reason I knew that is because I watched a video and they they cut they spliced some scenes from the trailer and I could tell mm. that it was a song oh. used to, like they were showing trailer clips. Yeah, uh, sure. You know, someone was going through like best movies of the year or whatever, and they showed the clip from this, but it was like a trailer cut. And I heard that cover, and to me, it was so impactful when we finally do hear it. And you're like, yeah. Wait, what, is that? Oh my gosh! And it's so yeah, good. It's real good when you think about the song and toxicity you know and yeah. what that song is saying you're toxic and all. I, I've, I've reached a limit with the slow kind of uh yeah the the coffee house covers of songs yeah like the the creepy juxtaposition of like here's a fun yes. song that we're singing slow and- sleepy covers is what <laughs> yeah. I call them. sleepy covers but, but this one works you have to use them sparingly because they're right, yeah. way overplayed and this was so good because the slow violin really mm-hmm, set the creepy mm-hmm. tone of it and i also like that this movie is like a this movie is like a 
low down like not horror movie but mm-hmm. also the score ramps up and you get these moments that could be in a horror movie if she was killing people but then sure. she doesn't right like every time she gets in these really creepy situations like when she confronts McLovin and the score ramps up and you get this really sinister music in the background and the way she's talking to him and it's it's really like you feel what she's doing to intimidate these guys right like like what she's doing without physically harming them the scared straight aspect of it Mm -hmm. like she is really intimidating and commanding in those scenes and you can see how she would scare the crap out of these guys oh especially wormy mclovin well yeah especially (laughs) you know like he's so creepy like christopher mintzplatz he's so far out of his league that he's you know (laughs) yeah like we call him mclovin and i'm sure he hates to be like it's First of all, it's way okay, easier to red, say than... He could be Red Mist. How about that? No, but it's, it's way that. easier to say than Christopher Mintz-Plass. But I got to give him credit <laughs> because he does play that scene really well. You know, being the D-bag yeah. character. For a character that's like a goofy guy and he was typecast after McLovin and all those goofy comedies and, and, and that, like, to his credit, he does play that wormy D-bag type of guy really well in this scene. And He um, pops up quite a bit doing variations on that though like he either plays like the yeah. nerdy likable guy or just a complete dick <laughs> yeah. but I, but that was good kind of like, like michael sarah yeah. but he's really really good though and and so i do want to give him credit he where he's not just mclovin but like i said his name is a mouthful so sometimes it's easier <laughs> just to say mclovin yeah uh, so we move on to to number two and that's connie Britton, who is the the dean of student dean of students from whatever college they were at um state university State, yeah, understand. Empire State yeah. University. Yeah. But the there's a, I see billboards whenever we go to uh, my my wife's family, and and they're for a school called State Tech, and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't think that's real. Like I think <laughs> like that can't State Tech. Like what? See, that was the Photoshop template, and you're supposed to right, you know, edit yeah, out the name out. of yeah. the yeah. one or the other. Like here's this beautiful yeah. logo. Put your school name in here. State. Not to put it up. That's fine. I go to we'll the University of College. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> um. So we before she sees Connie Britton, there's a there's a scene where. Uh, she pulls up to like a high school and she calls this one girl over and she's like, I need help getting to this uh, coffee shop because I'm shooting a music video. I'm a makeup artist shooting a music video with whatever is insert boy band name in sync, which doesn't affect anybody. <laughs> Uh, that's born after 2000, but it works for us. But the name. But what's also, also so clever is that she doesn't actually tell her. It's just she has the papers out mm-hmm. that Correct. have their name on it, and she yes. sees it and is like, "Oh my god!" That's I can't um, tell you. This, I can't tell this you. This character is you. so smart. That's what I mean. She right. doesn't do anything by accident. Everything is planned out. The way that she, I mean, she's very manipulative in her own ways. The way that she is able to, you know, and not that some. Well, even Bo Burnham says that when they're on their lunch date he's like you were you were ahead of us all yeah like you, were, you were so you were smart us all yeah. you're so smart yeah you picked up so fast and it's just like yeah well that's gonna come into play later and it is yeah. so i mean this does show you that it, uh, how sad it is that people's lives can be ruined by the actions of others and you know it wasn't just one life in this case it was nina yeah. and cassie's life well, was also nina's mom like there's just like, well sure it was of just course like this, and then it, this whole chasm of p and, and and cassandra's parents like it's just like sure. this one incident has destroyed not destroyed but affected mm-hmm. destroyed two lives and affected so many more after right that. Uh, you um, know with just selfish stupid 
actions and this movie is one that really makes you think i think that's another reason why it's getting so much buzz it's not only a very good movie with good performances but look at all the different ways that we have to think about things people's actions the way people uh justify things uh the way people turn a blind eye to some people and you know Mm -hmm. believe some people and not others yeah like that's that's a big one yeah and and also like forgiveness it begs you the question of like um you know you've got all these nice guys and like the bo burnham character for instance and and i'm not saying that he he did anything like what he did was totally wrong but it makes you think and begs the question at what point do you forgive like i was just a dumb kid as he says right like does he deserve a chance to ever be forgiven i love i love that they keep saying i was a dumb kid and i'm like yeah. okay you were in med school you were at least 23 right right like, yeah. right you weren't you weren't, you, you weren't 16 school. right yeah, that's an but easy excuse think, yeah i do think that one thing that the movie does really well is that it does give us this example of what she's looking for from these people in a way in that mm-hmm. she goes to see alfred molina which was uh al's lawyer on the mm-hmm. case and she i mean she shows up and he's like ah my day of reckoning has come um and it's he a brilliant scene immediately is remorseful and he remembers i think one of the big things he remembers Nina's name. He's the only one that the remembers He's the one. only one yep. that knows it. And also, yeah. she's wearing the necklace with Nina's name the entire time. Like, all these times that they don't know her name, mm. and it's sitting right there. Mm-hmm. And it's like all that she wanted was someone. Like, he's already tortured himself enough. And so she's like, okay, yeah, no, you're good. Um, that's you really know that what you did was wrong. Yeah, that's what she wants people to do is to feel yeah. regret, to apologize, to feel remorse uh, for their actions, yeah. not to say like, oh, well, I was just a dumb kid or, or oh, you or know, I we were drunk. kids or I was, yeah, th- not excuses, but to yeah. genuinely feel sorry. And so b- real quick, before we go to three, number two with the dean, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. she basically essentially tricks the dean into thinking that she not so much kidnapped, but, you know, gave her daughter a ride to you know this place where to this the door f- to the to the room where nina was attacked yes it's the exactly. same room there's boys in that room there there's booze everywhere in that room well Do- and and connie britain like- before that which is so great i mean it's so masterfully set up in the script you know it, it's so well written is that the dean is like Oh well, you know there wasn't enough evidence, and we have to, we can't ruin this poor young man's life. Or, oh God! If oh, I hear that one more time, I know it's like, so yeah, hard to listen to. But you know that that's tragically sure. what happens. And she says all these things like you got to trust these boys, and we got to give them a chance, and got to believe them, and listen to them. And then when she flips the script and says, "Oh well, I'm glad that you know you say that," mm-hmm. and, and she says, yeah. you know, I, "I dropped your, I, you know, I dropped your daughter off at this place in the same room," and uh, you know. Yeah, well, she's like, tell me the room. And she's like, it's the same room that Nina was yeah. attacked in. Yep. If you can figure that out, you can figure out where yeah. she's at. I also and like how, of course, she, how she uses the daughter's cell phone. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. So many movies uh, in general, like, they they write around new technology, right? Like, like mm-hmm. oh, we're in this place where we don't get cell phone signals, and that way we don't spend the whole movies going, just call somebody, right? And, right, yeah. right, 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 um, right. Where, My cell phone won't work. Right. And yeah. like how many times do you see that in a movie, right? Where <laughs> where where they go the other way, they they instead of riding around the technology, they like she finds a way to to use the technology. So she uses the technology the writer uses the technology to to verify that she's not bluffing, that she really could have her daughter because sure, she's got sure. her phone. And but then you take it away. But then to your same point is you take the technology away from the daughter 
so the daughter can't right. make it, you know, like, and how, you know, and I think it's funny. She can't just text her and be like, hey, are exactly. you good? Yeah. Right. And she can't call her because yeah. chances are she doesn't know that number. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's like that's, yeah, that's yeah. something our age, you know, we had to remember phone numbers. Right. Kids and kids in college today, there's no way. There's no she way they remember numbers. She couldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. The daughter, if she wanted to, too, could never be like calling. Oh, I need to like, call. I don't know where I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I have no idea. But um, it's also a horror moment too. You know, yeah, call sure. the phone and the phone rings in the same room of the person. It's a fascinating moment in that I think, at least for me, there was a moment where I was like, "Oh my god." Did she really do this? Like that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Right, right. It's this moment where you like you actually doubt her, and then whenever it's like, no, she didn't. She's just messing with the dean. It's like, oh, right, okay, sorry, should have trusted <laughs> you. Like- that's what I was talking about earlier. That made me so made me breathe that sigh of relief because I want this character to be successful, and I'm down with yep. what she's doing with scaring these guys without killing them. Even though, again, that could be a cool movie in this female revenge flick, whatever. But this movie is so smart in the way she exacts her revenge. But as she went through to her numbers, I was thinking she was actually going to get more violent with the the perpetrators of like yeah. she was like her. She was going to ramp it up. She was going to elevate it each time. And while the punishments get more severe and and seemingly more mentally, you know, there are more mental implications and all that. But when she got to this point, this is where I go. Oh well, if she's kid not really kidnapped, but kind of kidnapped this girl under false premises and dropped her off to maybe be raped by this group of guys. Like even though she maybe didn't tell these guys what to do or anything directly, especially with you know like that girl didn't do anything like that yeah like, and these, exactly if you're, you're going to punish people if she wants to do this to to the guys that are trying to assault or rape her or if she wants to do it to the people that you know like Connie Britton who could have affected change yes. and deliberately turn a blind eye like that's one thing but to but to right. go after this innocent child would would be a move. But and but and the lawyer could certainly prove her guilt of that no matter you can't just be like, oh well her mom was mean to me. That doesn't mean you can kidnap <laughs> right. someone and have have them raped. Like, you know, but the point is that she didn't. She she made the mom think that and she scared her, but she didn't actually do anything illegal. She had her sit at a restaurant thinking a boy band was going to show up. That was the worst <laughs> thing that she did. And so again, I think that was so masterfully written and, and, and so great of an achievement by this character is she was able to get her revenge, make the Dean think about how mm-hmm. terrible her actions were in the past. And hopefully going forward, you know, it's, she says it's different never when it's underst- someone you love. I've never understood like pulling this out into the real world for a second. I've never understood why colleges even adjudicate stuff like this. Like if 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 a student killed another student, they wouldn't put them in front of some sort of collegiate tribunal. They'd call the police. Like if one student is saying another student raped them, that that's no longer a college matter. You call the you call the effing police and you and you take your hands off of it. I don't I don't understand, especially with as, as many problems as it causes for colleges. To me, that seems like the easiest solution in the world to just say, this is not our issue. Let the police handle it. Because they want to, I think it's sad because it shows you, A, how often it happens, yeah. and B, the, the, the how far they're willing to go to sweep things like this under the rug. They don't want it to get out there that it was an issue, and it's terrible. And that's why movies like this are important. I, I cannot speak on this issue. Yeah, It's like she says, we have we have cases like this every week. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, right. And here's, you'd here's have the... fewer of them if you called the police, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. Like the, the, that that would affect right. change if if a couple people started getting taken out in cuffs. 
And how yeah. horrible is that that Nina and and now years have gone by, but look at all these other cases a few a week that are these people are just numbers. They're just stats. That's to exactly this college. Is. Yeah. Which is horrible. These are human Again, lives that are I'm staying out of this conversation. I don't know who's gonna hear this podcast. I have a job to keep. <laughs> Wait, so I'm yeah. gonna keep my mouth shut. But so the thing is that these are lives that are uh, some lives are being taken, lives are being destroyed, you know, and then the people like Nina took her own life over what this terrible event was. And then look at how C- Cassie dropped out and her life's never been the same. All these lives changed in shape by these actions where they're not punishing the people actually responsible for them. And to this Dean, Nina was one of, of a few a week. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. that's the beginning and the end of it to her. And hopefully she'll think differently. And that's what Cassie's trying to do through her actions. And I think that character will, especially when now that it's her own daughter involved, oh, maybe I'll think differently about this. Um, but again, it's another brilliant plan by the character. And then now we can go to part three with the Alpha yeah. Melina. Which so is and the, and we pretty much nailed that one. We took care of that. But at the end of that, when yeah. she was going, something was going to happen to him. We don't know what she that was. I think sort of she, hit man. I don't think <laughs> it was going to happen. I think be scared. I think be maybe break into the house, hold him at gunpoint again. I do not for a second think that she was going to have him. It would him. have it would have to have been something that was on the level of what he did, right? So like Connie Britton's comeuppance was that she was going to have to deal with a drunken daughter who was assaulted. Uh, Allison Breeze is that she was going to have to try to explain why she was attacked or ha- hope maybe have people not believe that she was attacked. So I have to believe that dude was going to do something that would have been on the level of Alfred Molina's uh, involvement, which I don't, but that's just like, n- not just, but Alfred Molina is a lawyer who his job, as he explains was to, to, you know, get these people get off, off scot-free and, yeah. and he got bonuses for case charges dropped and not going to trial and all this stuff. So I'm just not sure what the equivalent would have been. I have no clue. But to me, if, if Al, if Al Monroe, the perpetrator was going to get a permanent tattoo, you know what I mean? Like if Al, <laughs> if, if Al Monroe, like I, it's so weird. I just watched that movie yesterday. Yeah. But if <laughs> Al Monroe, if that was his, I just don't think his lawyer who was doing his job as terrible of a person as he was, would have been to be harmed physically or to be killed. That wouldn't have lined up with her, her hierarchy of, of, of yeah. justice. I, I, I think he would have that. been scared very badly. I think his house yeah. would have been broken into again, maybe the threat of harm, but she wasn't going to actually maybe even robbed or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. something you know. bad and scary, yeah. but also not to that level. And I, I, I think what else need to say, it wasn't, just that he was doing his job because everyone deserves an attorney it's that he he was like just completely decimating the character of 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 Mm -hmm. the women that he he was going up against it 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 went beyond just yeah there were shady methods right it went beyond just uh, like establishing a defense for someone charged with a crime because everyone's entitled to a legal defense like that's the sure. the world yeah he kind of says he's like if i could find one drunken right. picture at a face on a facebook page or wherever and i would use that against them yeah uh, ethically but- there's an ethical gray area where like you said he's not just being a lawyer he's digging up dirt and that's why i say it's not just doing his job he's doing yeah. his job but also being very harmful you know, in the way that he's doing it. And so, um, but what's really neat and this performance by Alfred Molina is fantastic, man. How wonderful is that guy? Every time he's so, Oh, he's always so good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's fantastic. I, yeah. And he gets to come back as doc. Ock. 
Well, there you go. That's the icing yeah. on the cake, you know. He's, you but he's such a good actor, and and uh, what is really interesting is he's the first character, like we were mentioning earlier, who shows remorse, who actually has been eaten up by these actions. And yeah, he and said like, he had a mental breakdown. Yeah, and, and he's left, waiting. Left the I mean, practice. He, he, the, she's like, she's like, it was really easy to get your address. So I just called your office, and he's like, I told them to give it out. Like he is willing. He's like, I need to. I'm ready to get whatever is coming. I to wonder me. if he saw the necklace and he knew who she was. I don't think so. I don't. You don't, I don't think so? I think he remembered Nina because it's been eating him up. Like he's he's probably been going over his old files. You know, he's been on this this journey of self, whatever. Sure. That he, I think that it's ingrained into his head, and so it's not. In this case, it wasn't the necklace. Where I think that plays really well, like Nicole said, where it's been right in front of them the whole time, and they don't care to actually remember it or take a look and you know um for him he knew that name you know he, yeah. he remembered it was genuine the, to me. and i feel like this was her this was going to be the last one i i honestly think if allison so the next thing we get is allison Bree shows up back at um cassie's house uh they have a sit down talk but doesn't she, she was, meet doesn't she meet nina's mom before this maybe she's coming back from nina's mom Either, either way, done. I feel, once she meets Nina's mom, who, yeah, I feel Molly like Alfred Shannon, Molina right? was going to be the last spot. And then I think it's this... on her way home from the, the Alfred Molina one that yeah. she meets uh, with Nina's mom. And maybe. it's kind of maybe. like, I also think she's maybe a little bit changed by the fact that like she finally meets someone who remembers Nina mm-hmm. and who is sorry. So I think maybe she's kind of like, all right, well. And then her, you know, Nina's mom is like, you need to let it go. Right. Yeah. So then she has an interaction with Allison Brie, who is just a complete mess. And um, we can see the the change of heart after. It, you're, you're probably right, Nicole, because she has this chain of change of heart with Allison Brie as well, where she tells her, she's like, look, nothing happened. Like, I set it up. He never touched you. He never did anything. It was just a thing that I was trying to accomplish. Well, because I don't know if that's a good change part. of heart because ultimately she, she does tend to let everybody off the hook. Like yeah, she, she's a good person. She does. She though, because that, I mean, when she, we get to the end, well, till the end, but they squirm and then she, you know, she, she definitely like, oh. lets them. she lets them kind of like bake in that's that true. moment of that's like, true. Oh, sh- like my life is about to be ruined. I feel like she let her let her fester in it for a little bit longer than everybody else. I would agree with that, but I but I think that most of the people we see her interact with are people she meets in a night, and she's kind of exposing them in the moment. There's only so long you can let them kind of saute in that. But uh, sure. But with her, she you know she also has the ability to let her, and it's more personal. Yeah, than I also think the guys in the bar, like Madison. I think is even more personal than the Dean or than, you know, Alfred Molina's character or something, because Madison were, were, you know, supposed to believe was not only friends with her, but was also friends with Nina. Sure. And so that's like a more personal betrayal to her, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's why like, she's not going to let her off. So do you think she would have let her off eventually or she would just let it go? I don't know. I think maybe if she hadn't gotten back in touch, maybe she was going to let her believe that's that. That's kind of what I took it as. Like She was just yeah. gonna be like, look, you're on your own. I sister. think when she saw her, and especially since she now has had this kind of change And she's got like her makeup is all run. Like, you know, she's <laughs> she's definitely not as put together as she was when we first saw her. She has yeah. had some a couple days to to deal with whatever she she thought happened. But she's, you know, Cassie has closed her not Facebook. She's put the book away. Like she's she's 
ready to move on like Nina's mom told her. And so now that she sees this person hurting like this, I, I you know, I, I do think that she's kind of like, okay, this is over. I've done what I wanted to accomplish. Like I'm ready to move on. And forgiveness is a part of that. And she is a very good person, Cassie even. And so, you know, she doesn't want to ruin people's lives. The whole point of her doing this is to stop other people's lives from being Well, she ruined. wants to ruin one person's life. Well, <laughs> well certainly. Yeah. But yeah. In, in general, she's, she's trying to help people more than she is just trying to exact, you know, blind vigilante justice. She's trying right. to save lives and, and help, you know, and when I say save lives, it could be from actually dying or from having your life ruined, dropping out of school, whatever these the implications of people's terrible actions are. She's trying to save those lives. Sure. And, and, and so it just shows you how good of a person Cassie is. And um, everything's just going too well at this point. It is and going I, a little. I think here's the problem is... <laughs> I I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. With, There's no way with it could Bo have been Burnham. like I you know oh I've done what I come to do I can be happy now like it it was too good to yeah. be true right it, yeah and the, it, but at so, the same time so, the way in which the other shoe drops is oh, not like what a, I expected a, at yeah. all I mean, no I couldn't have ever been ready for that <laughs> no it's and it's a brilliant uh, way to do it. And you know what? I got to give credit. So though. brilliant! I, I was watching this with my wife, and she called it. I don't know how. I forgot. I had that, a feel. Yeah. I forgot they even went to school together, like for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like once they were in the relationship, I had forgotten how they met each other at first and all this stuff, and it was going so well. And she somehow called it. And she's like, "I bet he was there and had something to do." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like I, yeah, it blew my mind. And when it happened, so credit to her for calling yeah. that one. So we should say that. So Allison Bree shows back up. She gives her this old cell phone. Uh, that has a recording on it and it's a recording of that night and um, there's a moment where you think she doesn't she's not going to watch it but uh, you know she's going yeah. it's, it's going it's inevitable it's, it's going been the to focal happen. point of her life for a decade Correct. like she's gonna watch it right it's just like but I just think that that scene is so smart where it's just the phone is just sitting on the table and it's a shot you're you're facing Carrie Mulligan and you can see everything in frame. Yeah. The phone's there, she's there. Another she testament like to her performance oh, reacting yeah. to yeah. something you don't see, only hear. You right. never see what happens. No, happened. you never see anything. But yeah. And I think it's actually very important that you don't see the video and I think that that's yeah. one of the ways in which like I feel like it's important that the movie had a female director. Um mm. in that obviously there are things this movie who that you know, can be and certainly are triggering for people. But at the same time, I also think it's made in a way that people who, you know, might be triggered by this kind of thing probably can get through this movie. Mm -hmm, Um, Because, like, we hear things, but we don't see them a Mm -hmm. lot of the time, you know, in the video. And, like, I think it's very careful to walk a line Mm -hmm. um, where it doesn't go into explicit uh, other than, you know, that one ending scene. And even that, like, isn't really sexual in nature so i think that kind of helps so i think it is it is very important that we watch her react to the video rather than seeing the video ourselves Mm -hmm. sure yeah i don't i don't really know if i entirely agree just because like there's so many horrific things in film that are made more horrific because you don't see them so, like, I think for some people, I think I think what you're saying can certainly be true for a lot of people. But I think there are also people like what you it forces you to imagine what's happening. And my my guess mm-hmm. is for a lot of people, you're going to imagine something worse in the same way that, like, you know, in Pulp Fiction, when Bruce Willis walks back into that basement with the <laughs> samurai sword, <laughs> yeah. you don't see a thing, but you right. think you do. Like, I mean, there were people when that movie came out. 
I, re- I mean, I remember when the people were like complaining about how violent that scene was, and it's like you don't see a single thing happen in that scene, not nope. one thing. But you're so put off by it that your mind plays this this trick on you, which is which is fun in a movie like Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. but would not be fun for some people. In no, a movie like no, this. but I, I think in some ways, not seeing it is more is could be more horrific. It's impactful yes. either way. So Absolutely. The, yes, way that, exactly. the way that she does it and the way she chose to do it, I agree, walks the line of it's tasteful. Yes. But also, when you have to use your imagination, you're right. It, it's The sky's the limit with how horrible of an event it could be. It's always going to be horrible. But how do you imply who's doing what and how many people involved? You don't know. You just right. hear all these voices. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've, been in, I've been in law enforcement for, good Lord, a very long time. Uh, 16 years. And that's just when you were being arrested by law enforcement. Yeah, that's <laughs> correct. No, that's we're going to go 26 years. That, <laughs> that uh, not for crimes like this. Let's put that on the world now. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, I worked cases like this, uh, and they're awful. There's Because there's no... There's no... Uh, there's no way around things. When these, when these women take these men to trial, as they should... Um, there are 12 to 14 people that have to watch this woman, um, relive this, this horrific assault. And they're so it's, it's a different take for me because I know what that looks like, right? Like I know what she's looking at. Yeah. And imagine people watching this that have been through. Yes. You know, that is what I meant when I said at the beginning of this is like, if you, if you are a survivor, this can be a very triggering movie. Yeah. Uh, if you've been in a situation so either way uh we hear a voiceover and bo burnham has a very different distinct voice, voice. distinct yeah. voice yes. and we hear his voice on the tape that is the and gut punch watching you her see carrie mulligan that switch flips again and not only is she heartbroken because there's this man that she has openly said that i love you to she trusted someone she yeah. let someone yeah. in one person finally a nice guy a seemingly nice guy right and yeah ha- right and has a, and he has a past and it's just like that hard he was but you maybe maybe that past isn't as non-negotiable if it's not nina Right, like if if something like this happens, I, and it's I, I don't agree because she's she, I mean because she's held people accountable, even women, for letting uh, letting the quote unquote nice guy slide, and so. That's but true. I think I think what makes it I I do think you have a point in that like because it's Nina, there's also this thing of like he should have told her mm. like whenever Nina. Came do you think up, he even remembered? Do you think he even remembered that happened until he, he sees does. the tape? I don't. So here's the thing: if if you if you don't remember that, it means that you did a lot of things like that. So that's fair. So that's fair. I also they talk about how like it was talked about a lot at school. Yeah. Like oh, she that's couldn't, true. you know, Allison she walked Brie around and she kept hearing her remember. name. Yeah, that, so, you know, yeah. But, right, you're right. It was There's clearly a, a major scandal, if, if not for the school, at least within the circle of friends. The friend group, yeah. But the other thing, too, is I think it shows you how dispensable other people are to one another. So I don't think he did remember because he chose to forget. I think that Allison Bree chose to forget that these like oh that really sucks that happened to this person. But I've got my own stuff going on. I you know, and I think it shows you how the way that 
human beings treat one another and are willing to throw their lives away they and get, not care they about They compartmentalized them. it, and they yeah. were like, well, I was yeah. adjacent, but I wasn't a part of it, and that's right, a bad right, right, thing right, right. that that guy did. But she also brought it on herself. Like, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance going on there of like, there's, it didn't happen, it did happen, but it's not as bad as you think. Is 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 people say it is? She brought it on herself. Like the like these are all the yeah. the the this is the cycle yeah. going on in their heads to allow themselves to 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 step away from any sort of. I would say whether or not he remembered that it happened, I certainly don't think he remembered that there was a tape of it. Even though, that's, like, that's, it's said that that tape true. did circulate their friend group. Like, you know, they talk about like Alison Bree's character talks about that they watched it. I think it came um, and went, and they moved on with their lives. Well, I think it was also, you know, if you were watching that tape outside, a million years old, a tape, yeah, but uh, if, <laughs> yeah, uh, they, yeah, if, yeah, if, if you were, she threw him a BlackBerry, like right. that's, that's yeah. the kind of phone that she tossed. If you were watching to, this you know. etched tablet, uh, <laughs> but uh, if if you were watching this video um, prior to, like, outside of the context of this movie. And 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 their relationship, Bo Burnham's presence or that character's presence is not the focal point. It's not what you're looking at. It's and not you got to think it's, he's probably on. not even on the tape, right? Yeah. You're like focusing it's, it's on. Prob- he, you're hearing him from behind. I mean, this is what I'm assuming. Yeah, but you hear him from behind the person recording. Yeah, but you're focusing on on the right. On the rape, well, he. Not- well, I think that I think he was on the tape because he says, "Don't film me. Don't point that camera at me." Oh. So they did for a second, and he didn't want it on him. He didn't yeah. want to be in. He was there, but didn't want to be on the tape. Yeah, he, right. he was yeah. he was aware enough to know he shouldn't be on that tape, right. and that is at that point the guilt of him being involved. Now, and it also makes it harder to say I was just a kid because it means in that moment you know, he knew what was happening was yeah. wrong. Right. Don't tape me. Yep. And and the reason why she can never forgive him, not just because it's Nina, but also because all these people, even her friend Allison Bree, Madison did not come forward when she was there and knew what happened and had a video. And also Bo Burnham was there and he didn't stand up for Nina. No one stood up for Nina, who was telling the truth. No one believed her. And there were all these witnesses. And so the fact that he was just another bystander who did nothing, that's unforgivable. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, mm-hmm. even if he wasn't involved in the act, he didn't do the right thing, and he'll no, n- never no. be able to. You know, it's never going to be okay. There's not a single man in this movie that did the right thing or does the right thing, and I find that very interesting. Not Alfred Molina. I mean, he because in the end, I, well, I guess he kind of did. It, I guess he did at the end of end of his scene, but in, in at the, the end of the movie not. too. You yeah. have to remember. Oh, I mean, that's true. He yeah. he beat himself up over it. That's he, fair genuinely apologized was sorry you could tell he was hurt and ready to end his life he felt so guilty you know she accepts that from him yeah Yeah. that's fair that's fair i also think it's significant that like we do have a couple of male characters in the movie who are quote-unquote like actually good like i think it's important that like we're never shown anything of her father that's supposed to make us think he's that's true clancy brown who is amazing but yeah he's always he's always kind of like I love you. Let's give her a chance. Like, you know, yeah. just kept... he's like, we miss Nina too. Right. Like, I think that that's important that it's not saying that like, there is no such thing as a good man. It's just, <laughs> no, that, totally, like, totally. All men have varying levels of, you know, involvement in this culture. Yeah. And I think that like, that's very significant that we are given this example of like, well, first of all, like her dad is an example of someone who, you know, is not being actively. Right. And yeah. then we also have this example of like, well, this is what it looks like to have been involved in something bad and to sort of have your redemption from it through 
both remorse and action, I think. I think she gives him this thing at the end to say, like, here is your way yeah, to you've got overcome what you were involved with. Like, yeah. you right. have the chance to right your wrong. Um, and obviously, you can't, like, completely right that wrong. But it's like, here's your second chance. But what else yeah. can um, you do, right? Like, you you can't change the past, you know? And people exactly. make mistakes. And that's what I mean where it yeah. makes you think, where is the line drawn? Do people deserve forgiveness at what point and because you can't change the actions of the past so are people just to be damned to you know like uh tom's Which, brought this within up reason i think but tom's brought this up before and maybe not even the show maybe personally but why do we have jails what's the point of prisons and things like this if you're not supposed to you know be put back into society and learn your lesson like if they if those didn't exist we would just execute everyone right like if you were never supposed to get a second chance you would just you know so like at what point and i think it's it's so significant that like bogram's character ryan is given not just a second chance but a third chance like she comes to him and she's like hi i have this tape and he's like no i wasn't there and then you hear his voice and it's like and he never says he's sorry yeah. Yeah. he says i love you and he says i was a kid but he never actually displays any like remorse at having been there he's just sorry that she found it and then he turns like, on her right right, right. Exactly. Yeah, and then he and turns then on again her. and then even later like the police come to him and there's like another shot for him to like redeem himself and say like yeah i know where she was but did you see how the police believed him and i don't think that was like a tricky detective like that police officer was like yeah she probably just is like this crazy girl just going through some stuff like but it's like he fails time and time again yeah they immediately start (laughs) he he immediately throws her under the bus with like Mm -hmm. mental issues right but like the the police officer to it the police officer's like like, do you think that she you know could harm herself and ryan's like yeah and the police officer's like yeah, that's what we thought. Okay, have a great day, doctor. Like, it, that's, uh, right. it's again, showing how people right. in authority are just like, oh, well, he's a doctor. He's got to, I mean, how could you he, not trust the doctor? He's a children's doctor. Oh, especially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and those yeah. moments with Clancy Brown and Jennifer Coolidge, uh, Cassie's parents are really funny. Very we funny. hardly mention them, but they are what very is it, like a, is, is it different this. than operating on an adult? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and those um, dinner scenes, and that's what I mean when you watch it a second time and you hear all of Bo Burnham's jokes. Jokes, you know, like like, oh, you're a doctor. What do your parents think? Oh, they wanted me to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. Those are that's a funny, that's a good joke. Joke. It's a good. That joke. sounds like a, a doctor joke that would have saying, been that, like "Oh, my his... parents are disappointed. They wanted me a DJ." Yeah. Little throwaway jokes like that, though. Those are very. But she funny. also in those scenes, man, I did, I'm blown away by Carrie Mulligan in this movie. Um, she looks at him with like these eyes that are just so enamored with him. And not like, uh, not like the eyes, but like this dude is funny. Like I'm into like, I think he's Mr. She falls right. hard for him. She yes, is. he's Mr. Right, yeah. and she is just infatuated with him in these moments that he can handle her goofy parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he doesn't miss a beat. So like, even her acting and her facial expressions in those scenes, uh, in the pharmacy, in in that scene there, that she can look at him. As just like she's so into this dude, and there's not a single line of dialogue about her being yeah. into him, and that's the uh, heartbreak. So we say, when yeah, when the other yes. shoe does drop, that's the heartbreak. So she goes to his job. She calls him out, like Nicole said, uh, and she basically says, "Either you tell me where this bachelor party is going to be, or I'm releasing this tape." 
and he gives her the info. This is where we get her dressed up. This is the a lot of the promotional materials her in this outfit with the yeah. hair, uh, with the the violin version of Britney Spears's Toxic. Yeah. Um, goes into the ball, goes into the thing in um, this cabin, and where the guy from New Girl is there. Yeah. <laughs> he's my field. biggest. He's my biggest problem with this movie. Uh, when we get to the big scene, because I feel like he's doing his character from New Girl, and it doesn't fit. But that's oh, I think it that's... fits. He's oh, just... I think it fits. Yeah. So oh well. man, it took me out of it completely. Well, he, I think some of it. I think part of the reason it probably took you out of it is because on New Girl he does this character, but that character's a nice and guy and he's like that's true. And so and so, but typically guys like that with the Schmidt personality are not nice guys and they're not likable, and that's what made that character funny. It feels... That's what makes them fictional. But yeah. <laughs> like watching it last night, one of my friends said, um, this is the person that Schmidt thinks he is. And I was like, that's oh, sure. so true. Like he, you know, cause like on new girl, his character is very much like he wants to be one of the bros, but he's right. like, not because he actually is a little bit too good yeah. for that. And right. it's like, Oh no, here's like the bad version. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, and this, I think this, is the, this is the bizarro Schmidt. Yeah. I have yeah. to think that he was purposely cast. Oh, I think it's perfect. knowing that. Like, I think I, I think I, in the way that in the way that Bo Burnham was cast to play into the fact that everyone knows that Bo Burnham is like one of the nicest guys nice, in Hollywood. Yes, yes. I think that he was cast because everyone's going to be like, ah, oh, like Schmidt. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's he's Schmidt as much as Christopher Mintz Plass is McLovin. Yeah, like, right. That's who yep. he is, and he plays that perfectly. And you're right. I mean, that's so that. Well. Like, yeah. If Schmidt was actually, bad. I think everybody's <laughs> ca- cast, or at least a lot of people are cast because of our perception of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Connie Bertone yeah. is. Normally, like, you know, if you go back to Friday Night Lights, she's sure. like the yeah. calm voice of reason who knows how to navigate the world and, and st- but play within the system, but still win the battles. And and here she is instead it's it's weaponized. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so, I mean, I, I so I think you see a lot of people kind of playing against type or using their archetypes and kind of turning them on their head for mm-hmm. the benefit of this film. Yeah. Uh so she goes to the party, she uh gets everybody hammered. Um uh, she spikes the the vodka and they of course they all pass out. Is this so is this the problem people have because I haven't gotten into the issue what people actually have I a problem and say the ending undermines the movie. Is it because of the very end or is it because she's drugging them and physically the very threatening them? I think it's the very end or I know I've heard some people take issue with the fact that she dies. Okay. Yeah. Because here I question myself. Spoilers, Nicole. Sorry. And, I'm not, no, I'm and, and, and obviously <laughs> I know that they ended up being okay and everything. But if this is a movie about, you know, women who are taken advantage of and date raped and all that, and then she drugs them. I don't know if that's like an eye for an eye type of thing or if people are saying. I think it is. That- well, I also think it gives her an opportunity. She knows that she can't get to Al with all of these dudes sure. around. So yeah. she does what she yeah. has to do to get him alone and where they won't be bothered. She drugs them, but then like leaves them. Like, yeah, they're, they're lets safe. them pass out wherever There's, they fall. You know, totally, yeah. Not, there's no, she's no not harm them in harm's way. At the end. She doesn't human, yeah. human centipede them. No, yeah. but I just she wonder. Just kinda... I again, because I steered clear, and I'm like, I don't know. But you know, ev- there's outrage with every movie. The internet always loves to find offense, and so I yeah. was wondering if you guys have heard anything of like well, I, the I, I think part because. I would think the death aspect would upset some people because it feels like here's this character that like she's she's the hero or the anti-hero of the film mm-hmm. and and it and it in some ways I'm sure it feels like the ending is kind of like but in the end the bitch gets what she deserves quote unquote. Yeah, kind of. And, and but so it, I I yes. think that that probably doesn't sit well with people. I will also say 
from a from a narrative standpoint, I like I I don't I don't know how you end this movie that that doesn't make some people feel like it gets undermined because if Bo Burnham apologizes and he, and he goes back to being this great guy, now it's well a man saved her and and so or you know and all she needed was love or all you know what I mean like so like there I don't it's know the Wonder Woman problem all over again. yeah like I don't know that there's an ending for this movie because the other thing is if she if she def- defeats this guy and goes on a about her business. I mean, I think the I think one of the reasons it's good that they killed the character is that it prevents this from turning into Death Wish and you getting six more of these and each one yeah. getting less and less impactful and more and more inflammatory thereby undermining the original. Um, I mean, because like, but the this original... is Hollywood. Someone hears the story and finds her journal, and we get a sequel. To- you know, totally. like... I mean, ultimately, <laughs> there's nothing that can completely stop it, but it makes it yeah. harder, and it also totally. says that you're not going to get her back. And you know, it's and we thought that about Don't Breathe, and we're getting a second one of <laughs> yeah, those. I mean, but, yeah, like I mean, if Hollywood wants to do it bad enough, but but they definitely have put up roadblocks. To make it as difficult as possible. So real yeah. quick, let's talk. About, so she drugs them, and she goes upstairs under the premise of like, you she's know, basically I'm going to give you a private go, dance. I have to go up. I'm not yeah. going to do anything. I have to go upstairs to get paid. And he's like, okay. Fine. Well, she says we don't have to do anything if you don't want, but I got to take you up there to get paid. Now, right. I think that he was like, oh no, I'm objecting. You know, it was that kind. Yeah. of, I love my fiance. <laughs> like, I love he my wasn't, bikini model fiance. Yeah, how much yeah. how much of a fight was he really putting up in the beginning? So, but she handcuffs him for her protection because the guys, the nice guys, get handsy often. Mm-hmm. She says, he yeah. says, I'm a nice guy. You can trust me. And, and it's like, yeah, that's what all the nice guys say. Yeah, that was my my biggest problem with this scene is I was just like no dancer shows up without a bodyguard none that of yeah so there's some muscle but they're drunk but and these, stupid these guys so don't, i don't stupid yeah, they don't know yeah, anybody. they don't yeah. yeah um yeah so she lays out her plan and al realizes who she is uh and just as she was he about asks her name to, and she gives nina's name and right, that freaks and he, him and he out. freaks freaks yeah. him out so uh, he hasn't forgotten clearly. See, so no, he's he the knows only, what he did. So, but the other characters that were accessories, basically, you know, have forgotten, and I think they really have put it behind them. But he instantly, when he hears that name, and that shows you how guilty he really feels inside. Yeah. Because, oh yeah. You know, and so this, I've got this life now. You can't. I'm not that guy anymore. You can't do yeah. this to me because I have this new life. Um, a fight ensues. And to the director's credit, she never cuts away. Yeah. Uh, there's never a moment where they fade to black or anything. They allow you to watch as Al smothers Cassandra. To yeah, death. they hold that moment for a they long time. They do hold time. it, and it's it's funny. I remember listening. I'm a true crime nerd, and there was a I don't remember who it was, but he said when you strangle somebody in real life, it's not like the movies. It takes Three like seconds. six or seven it takes minutes. It takes a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and she holds on that for what felt, what felt like an eternity, but it was probably only like two minutes, sure. but it feels very long. And of course, uh, the, the day goes by and, uh, not bizarre or bizarro Schmidt comes into the room <laughs> and he, yeah, you, you know, can't he's call doing him not Schmidt. Cause he is. Yeah. Cause that's he is. That, he's bizarro. He's yeah. He's worse. Yeah. Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, and head. Al kind of says, he's like, I killed her. I, she's dead. And he's like, whatever, dude. Like, you know, and he's it's all the old. He killed a stripper. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Bachelor party thing. <laughs> yeah. One night at McCool's. Very uh, bad things. That's 
His yeah, delivery right. of that line whenever he's like, but why is the stripper dead? Is yeah. my favorite in <laughs> the entire Schmidt. film. Like, that's a Schmidt line. <laughs> yeah. you know? But he's like, so that's... like, come on, you want me to get her home? What are you doing? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah you killed the stripper. And then yeah, I love when he's like, uh, it's not your fault. Like, oh, and he that, finally buys uh, it. And he man. goes, I don't know. I really think it is. <laughs> like... well, it's, it's, it's such a brilliant comedic line in a terrible situation. Yeah. But yeah. it also is so impactful because the way that people rationalize their actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He honestly, his friend friend wasn't just saying that his friend is like well, of course it couldn't be your fault because they're all the heroes of their story they're all right. great people like these guys are clearly assholes and they think they are just awesome great night he even calls yep. himself a nice guy right and so right. he's like well there has to be an explanation you killed a stripper you wouldn't do that so she was doing something wrong do you realize that everybody they call a nice guy everybody is not a nice guy they right. never that's call her dad a nice guy yep they never say well, that her dad is a nice guy ever. But that's that's the whole point of the movie. Yeah. Is it's like you've got the people that are outwardly totally jerks, and you can tell they are. And then you have the people that parade around as nice guys. And yeah. you know, I also right. think it's it's funny. You know, he's like Alice starting to be like, "Oh my god, it's my fault. I did this." And what's his name? Joe is like, "Hey, uh, wait a minute. No, it's <laughs> it's not your fault." Yeah. And it's like very clearly, he's yes. like, "Come on, we've got a story here. Like, yeah. just believe it. Just." You know, and this is what we're going to tell people. How quickly is this guy okay with covering up a murder? Like, it just shows you how how many bad things he's probably done in his life, and he's just like okay with it. We're gonna. He has a plan right away. That's right. creepy yeah. that someone. Would, I also love that he's <laughs> like, my wife will be so mad at me. Yeah, that right. I killed I, That that line reminded me a lot of uh, Matthew Lillard in Scream. Yep. Where he's like, my mom yep. and dad are going to be so mad but at I me. But I also think that it shows you this is another take on like the white male privilege, where he thinks the worst thing that could happen because of course, yeah. of course, it wasn't his fault. He's going to get away with it. But my wife's going to be mad at me when she finds out there was a stripper here. He thinks yeah. that is the worst consequence he faces, and that's another commentary. Uh, and going back to the ending and her actually dying. So I will, I will say, I thought she was faking. Same. Yeah, when I was waiting I was for that like, moment, too. Okay, so she's she's messing with I, them both. She gets them both in the room and sets them both up. Oh. And then they get to the burning scene. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, she's not like, nope, but you're not coming back from this. He like, would have been late for the, the wedding because it takes hours, hours to burn a corpse. Yeah. To, to yes. Complete Why do you know that? On. I actually had just, well, first, first off, <laughs> If if I knew how to do that, really, that's fair. That's, I w- that's a good point. I'd be, I wouldn't be divorced. I'd be a widower. Second, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> um, second, I actually I was reading a, a true crime novel where uh, uh, at the same time I was watching this movie. And I mean, not simultaneously. Yeah. I was in the middle of reading the book. I put it down. I watched the movie. I went back to reading the book. Uh, but they were burning they were they killed somebody and and burned the corpse and they did it twice and the first time they put I, should I get, it's in the book so I guess nope. I'm not giving you tips yeah, they put, put metal flashing in a burn pit and it made it burn hotter and it still took mm. like six or seven hours it took all night to burn this person up completely and the next time they didn't do it and it took like 18 hours to, mm-hmm. to burn the body to basically complete ash, ash. so I think see what you guys were talking about earlier that this is the only way to end it I think that it says yeah, a lot of she things can't come back. but it, it says a lot of things not even just to set up for sequels or to whatever but it's like to show you the uphill battle that women face we've seen how many people don't believe them how many people won't stand up for them even when they know the truth we've seen all these things and then at the end of the day it's not fair and that's life and and especially 
for women and the uphill battle that they face. And so I think the fact that she doesn't, it doesn't have a happy ending for her is like, makes you think, right? It's like, God, that is really terrible and how Mm -hmm. terrible it is in real life for all these women whose lives are ruined. And then the men go on to just be doctors and have families and be recognized as these upstanding citizens and people and so i think it really speaks it's, just, vol- I, it's not like we have somebody who's in the oval office right now <laughs> but it yeah. speaks vol- yeah. it really speaks volume to the point that she tried to make with this entire film and so i like it that it ends that way and as heartbreaking as it is because we like the character and she's a good person but i think it it really speaks to the points that the director is trying to make and yeah um, oh yeah big time we should probably yeah. also say real quick for to put a button on what joe said not by the time this airs no, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Not yeah. by the time this yeah. airs. I also yeah. think it's Previously. significant that um the you know, if you look at it through this lens of like she is ready and willing to die this entire film for what she's mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Like cuz I know that some people have said, you know, like oh, it takes away her agency or whatever, and I actually think it doesn't. It like she walks into that situation. Like she has thrown away the car's license plate. She I notice like she takes the gloves off before she starts mm-hmm. to deal with him. Like she's not trying to, you know, whatever her plan was for Al. I don't think in her head there was a situation where like she got out of it and went back to her happy life. Well, she had like, a contingency plan. It was the, and she had a brilliant she, contingency I mean, plan. So exactly. if, if if the worst did happen, he, this guy was was then would pay the ultimate price. Yeah, she I think fully, she was kind of ready walking into it for something like yeah, that to occur. Yeah. I, I think that she expected that she could have gotten out, but also equally was ready not to ever walk out. And so yeah. right. it's like it could have happened. I don't think she went in there to die, but was ready to die if mm-hmm. if that presented itself. I wish this movie would have had one of the 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 guys that were involved in the, the incident, the Nina incident. Um I wish they would have had one of them actually show remorse or whatever not not for like you know to show that not all guys hashtag not all men not not for that reason (laughs) god please don't start that hashtag but um but because i think it would maybe be beneficial for for men who watch this movie to have some sort of template for a a path back of of you know we we've spent a whole movie showing you the ways not to behave now here's maybe a scene that shows you how to behave, and I know they kind of do that with the Alfred Molina yeah. character, but I also think it's a little dif- different because he's also pretty, f- he's really far removed from right. the actual incident in question. He didn't perpetrate, sure. the, yeah, the and, yeah, and so I like I I think that you know maybe maybe like I said, the men watching this would benefit from something like that. It should have been Bo Burnham, but he doesn't get her back. Mm. Right. He has Bo to Burnham, live with Bo that, Burnham but... in that office says, I, you're right. I'm so sorry. Like, I, you know, it was blah, blah, blah. But he still gets what happens to him. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, that's he, he owns it. He, he doesn't. He owns it, but he also doesn't win. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised he didn't show up at the cabin. I th- see. I thought he was going to save. You know, and again, when I first watched it, I'm thinking like, oh, I man, st- if you put if you put him in that cabin and he saves her, and now that you got destroys a man, everything. You get a damsel in distress yeah. and a man yeah. saving you the day. Like you just trade one set of problems for another. It, but I just, I was yeah. setting up my mind. I still was not ready for her because I was attached to the character. And you just I'm want like, the happy sure. ending. Like I'm I not ready. Yeah, it. naturally. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I said. He has to. Someone has to because she's 
she can't go out like this. But now that I've sat with it, I'm like, okay, I get it. But I'm like, where was he? He knew she was going. He knew where the right. place was. So I was surprised. I had, a, I had a friend who, who when we get to the, when they get to the burning scene, you see her hand fall out of the fire. She was like, I'm out. I'm done. I, you know, and I, and she was really pissed off about that. I was like, look, I get it. But sometimes you, you don't get the happy ending. Right. Yeah. This it's is more this impactful. Is where we were way. headed. Yeah. This is I mean, where we were headed the entire yeah. time. And, and I yeah, do think it's sometimes... important that with that, you know, I, I realized last night whenever I watched it, at that point where she dies, there's like 20 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not the end. Like, it isn't that they get off scot-free. Right. Because she has orchestrated right. this plan because she's, you know, ready for what has occurred. Um, and they, you know, they get him in the end. Yeah, like, sure. Which I think is important. Let's talk about that. So the very ending scene is when well, she gets you talk about the cops going to see Bo Burnham and Bo Burnham kind of pulls a who was the who was the Tom who was the apostle who denied Jesus Thomas, three times. Thanks. There we go. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but like he pulls a Thomas. Oh, right? wait, who, did, he denies who denied him, who denied, who denied him it was Peter, it right? Peter? Oh, that was Peter. I thought you meant doubting Thomas who like mm. didn't believe that he was actually dead and put his No, no, no. Oh. No, yeah. Finger That's banged his stigmata. No, yeah, yeah, Peter. Peter's the one who denied him through, and that's kind of what we get with, with uh, Bo Burnham. We get to the wedding, and he's of course sullen because he knows that she's dead, and he can't mm-hmm. say anything. Um, the wedding, the wedding is going off as planned while it's interspliced a with horrific wedding. Yeah, yeah terrible. It looks wedding. like just it the looks, worst, but it looks like they all got off scot free again, right? Yeah, but it's the exact kind of wedding. That Madison and well, right, Al would yes, be at, of like, course. Gross. It, yes. yes. Uh, so while this is all happening, we cut back to Alfred Molina, and he is opens up a package, and it's a uh, the foam. Well, isn't it? Doesn't note. don't they all go off, and then they show how it happened? Doesn't happen. Is that what it is? I thought that it, like phones go off and everything, and then it shows. I didn't like, no, I think the cops him. show up. Well, yeah, so, like, so Bo Burnham gets off, like the scheduled. It all kind of happens simultaneously. Oh yeah, yeah. Bo Burnham's phone goes yeah. off. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And it's a like scheduled, scheduled message. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get a, a nice little uh, final word from Cassie and Nina mm-hmm. that basically says, all right, man, good luck with your life. Like you, this is on you. Um, yeah. Like you thought this we, was the end. No, you thought this, this was the end. end. I was like, no, no sequels. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so yeah. we see that, Al- that Alfred Molina was given a note that says, if you don't hear from me by whatever time on this day, release this to whoever you need to release this to. And, he does. And so I think Alfred Molina gets a little bit of redemption at, in that yeah. aspect. Uh, the, and now the cops have shown up at the wedding. Uh, Bizarro Schmidt tries to run through the woods. <laughs> when he runs away. Get away. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, and Al's arrested for the murder of, of Cassandra. Yeah. And that's kind of how it yeah. ends. And uh, I will say there's a nice little tidbit. Do you know where the name Cassandra comes from? It's the Greek myth, right? It is the Greek myth. And she was a, I don't know if she was a goddess or, but she was in Greek mythology and she was plagued with the curse to always tell the truth, but no one would believe her. Mm. Wow. Well, that's oh, wow. Yeah. a choice yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I thought was a nice little touch. And yeah, so that that's... I also thought it was interesting the name Nina, and I, it's just a connection I make. I don't even know if it's intended, but like, what's the, the guy who did all the Broadway caricatures? Oh. You know what I'm talking about? The really... Can't think. Yeah. Of oh, he's like super What's famous, and all his dr- are on the wall at Sardi's, and like he mm-hmm. does the Drew Struzan. He no, does the know. famous like Bob Hope character. Yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah. about. I can't think. And he would hide his daughter's name 
in every drawing and it, whenever he would sign his, his sign the picture in the bottom he would sign his name and then uh, he would put a number and that's how many times he had hidden her name oh. her name was Nina, oh interesting and I just thought it was interesting hmm. because like the the necklace was always hiding in plain sight kind of like his hmm. daughter's name in all the oh. like, I don't yeah. know that but it's just whenever I hear the name yeah. Nina I always think of that for whatever that's worth interesting hmm. That's, That's cool. pretty cool. Yeah, this this well, I'm I'm sad that it wasn't released in theaters. Much like Love and Monsters last week, I think this. I mean, it was it was, but not nobody. Right. Right. Yeah. So that doesn't yeah. count. I, I, <laughs> However know. many you theaters meant, are open, you meant during yeah, a good right. time. It was released to, yeah. in ten theaters across seen, the right. United States. Yeah, it would be interesting to see uh, how people reacted to this movie collectively. In collectively, the crowd. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. There would um, be a lot of moments where you can hear, you know, a lot of quiet moments in the theater and yeah. hear people yep. gasping, gasps, yeah. Uh, this is amazing. This is a fantastic yeah, is a film. Movie. It's got amazing performances. It's got it's amazingly well written. Um, again, I if you have some some past trauma, be forewarned. But it is absolutely worth your time. It's it was amazing. I think in some ways it's good that it's a movie that most people are seeing on VOD, and that like if you do have uh, anything in it that's, that's triggering for you, it's a lot easier to get out of it. Um, yeah, you can pause it, go away, watch chunks, or yeah. not feel like you had walked had to walk out while the rest of your group stays. Exactly, yeah. you're right. Yeah. That could be. I mean, that would be hard. A lot of people might not ever make that trip to the theater, especially yeah. you know, like the fact that they can see this and all the the great messages that it has to present and everything, and they can mm-hmm. experience that on their terms. I, I do think that is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess uh, I guess that's it for this one. Let's go around the virtual table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And Nicole, where can everybody find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd and all the places uh, at Nicole Ackman 16. And you can read my work over at Next Best Picture. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers, where for five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out. And it's greatly appreciated. So that's it for this one. Uh, no idea what we're doing next time but thanks for tuning in and until then matthew doesn't kill jennifer get ready for a spoiler won't say it twice because we already warned you better watch out it's gonna ruin the plot What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.